0: One of the biggest aha moments of my career was discovering that I wasn't actually in the food and beverage industry. I was in the inventory management business. And the easiest way to make more money wasn't one-off events or nightly specials, it was optimizing my seating inventory on peak. More butts in seats is more money today, and here's how you get it. Yelp for Restaurants' guest manager waitlist functionality empowers your guests to add themselves to your digital waitlist before they even leave their house. It provides accurate wait times and automatically notifies diners right before their table is ready. This dramatically reduces turn times, enabling you to handle more volume. Learn more about how this powerful tool can optimize your seating inventory today at restaurants.yelp.com. Now here we go
1: that's what marketing is and how you tell it whether it's through a podcast an email a facebook ad or on your website has to be done in the voice of the people you're serving and in as many cases as possible through the voice of the people you're serving because that's the only way you can be relevant that's the only way you can focus on solving the problems they actually have instead of the problems you're assuming they have and that's the only way that marketing works in my opinion
0: Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators, served up on the house. I've always likened opening a restaurant to having a child. Over the years, you watch it evolve and you do your best to positively influence its growth. The struggle is how to convey what you become to an audience that only remembers what you were. In this episode, we're chatting with Matt McAllister, the head of marketing for Yelp for Restaurants, about the power of storytelling and how it can influence how even your toughest critics see you. We're all working to get better every day. And today, Matt shares the tools and tactics he's developed to let people know.
1: It was a decade of trying to figure out what to do, Josh. I think the through line is that I stumbled into marketing. The idea of what I liked about marketing is it allowed for me to be creative. I did a lot of video production work and loved the idea of telling stories in unique ways. Went to college and they kind of pushed you into either way. You could be an artist and make no money. You could be a marketer and make only a tiny bit more money. Uh, so I chose to be a marketer. I led marketing teams trying to advertise the local hospital. So I did marketing jobs in healthcare. I did marketing jobs in the real estate space. I got the lucky opportunity to found a marketing agency and collect clients and learn what it was like to not only build a company from the ground up, but then help other people do marketing. And then I went on a little tech stretch and I got into the tech world, working with auto repair technicians, working in the retail space, And then about two and a half years ago, I heard from Yelp and they told me about this Yelp for restaurants team and this vision of building this internal brand. And it was right in line with what my philosophy about marketing is. It's leading with story and then leading with a brand focus and got to join Yelp to help them out with that vision.
0: Over those years, I would assume that at least in your own mind, you were able to clearly define what marketing is. I think that for most of the folks listening and myself included for a really long time, it just seems like this like ubiquitous, broad this is marketing, but that's marketing too. How do you reconcile it in your mind? What is marketing in its purest form?
1: I mean, the first way to reconcile it in your mind is to realize that you will never reconcile marketing in your mind. (laughs) I mean, even in my short career, marketing has changed drastically, seemingly every two years. In the early days of my career, Digital advertising, which is getting off the table. I mean, the idea of being able to reach anyone you want to reach on their phones was new. Mobile was fairly new, uh, so marketing ended up going from this kind of brand and TV commercial mindset when I was in my younger days to today, where it's lots of digital advertising. I think the, also the big shift that happened is is this idea of growth marketing versus brand marketing, and where in the early days of marketing was all marketing. You just had access to so much less ways to reach people and and so much less real-time channels to send a message to someone that it was more about the long-term story you were telling, the long-term vision that you had. And then the pendulum swung a little bit to where now marketers and companies have access to every human they want to talk to. All they got to do is press a button, build a campaign, and we're going to flood you with ads. And That's when the growth mindset of marketing really kicked in, where marketing was now seen on parallel with sales where marketing could go out and win new customers. It wasn't just about telling the story at the highest of levels. Marketing could go down all the way to the bottom to revenue and get you to click, get you to buy, send you an email in between, get you to buy another product and hold us accountable for revenue. So today, how I wrap it around in my head is that marketing is about the experience. Marketing is about the experience of the people you want to talk to, expect and feel from you at every step. And what I mean by that is marketing's actually expand it. Marketing is huge now. I mean, marketing you could argue is sales. Marketing you could argue is the product. Marketing is everything that a potential customer or a current customer might see or interact with, with your brand. It's not just the emails you send. It's not just the Facebook messages. It's not just the website. If a salesperson is talking to your potential customer, then that's marketing. They're going to take away something from that. They will relate to your product and brand for the rest of time. So in the early days, marketing was about telling a great story, and then we saw the rise of digital and mobile, and it became about marketing telling a right story, but delivering it one-on-one to produce revenue. I think today, in my mindset, marketing is customer success. Marketing is sales. Marketing is true growth marketing. Marketing is every single time someone might touch, feel, listen to, look at, or interact with your brand or the people that work for your company. If you can make it a great experience, that's repeatable in growth marketing.
0: And I think when people think about Yelp, they think about restaurants. I think the average consumer, even the average restauranter, they think about Yelp and they think about restaurants. So when you say Yelp for restaurants, I think people think globally, well, that's just Yelp. But that's not necessarily the case. Because when Yelp internally thinks of Yelp, they think of all of the industries they service, which is hundreds and hundreds of industries across the nation. And that being the case, Yelp for restaurants isn't just this facet of I guess Yelp centrally, it's a different thing. It's a new thing. And that was the thing that enrolled me in working with the company. And I know you as well. So what did you understand about Yelp for restaurants going into it? And how did that inform your decision to join the company?
1: For me, it was really two things. It was the opportunity and the commitment of Yelp. On the opportunity side, it's the opportunity for both selfishly me, which I think we all have to to keep in mind, There's also the opportunity of the business unit, the opportunity that Yelp for Restaurants had in front of it. So for me, I got a chance to build a marketing team and marketing program from the ground up from absolutely zero inside of a 20-year-old tech company called Yelp. It's a little bit less scary than doing that on your own outside. I've certainly done that before, but that was a big selfish opportunity for me. I could go build this marketing department in the way that I saw fit with the help and resources of a larger Yelp team. The other opportunity was in the restaurant industry. I had to take a look at what was happening in the space, what competition out there, what is the future going to look like? And I joined in the middle of COVID, so that was tough, Josh. What the future looked like was the next month, basically, as we were all trying to figure it out. But I had to make a bet that Yelp was thinking far enough into the future. They were building the right products for what restaurants might need two or three years from now. I think we're seeing that come true i've been here for two years and our product has never been better our growth has never been better the other thing that really drew me to this role in this company was their commitment to evolving it'd be easy to say we got to figure it out yelp said we need to build a new internal startup do you know how hard that is do you know how much money you have to spend to build an entirely new team internally But Yelp said, we're going to put our money where our mouth is, and we're going to commit to evolving just like we're asking the restaurant industry to evolve. As much as the restaurant industry has been in the midst of chaos and been in the midst of forced change, Yelp voluntarily said, we're going to go through that with you. We're going to force change ourselves. We are going to evolve to offer even more great products to an industry that not only could use the help right now, but also is directly connected to our big brand at Yelp. So their commitment to evolving, their commitment to doing the incredibly hard work of building a new team, completely different products to help an industry that we've been serving for a long time and to go even deeper with them, showed me that Yelp was gonna commit. And I think if I was gonna commit to building this team, building this function, to signing up, to build an internal startup at Yelp, I had to believe that they were also committed. I cannot tell you how strongly committed everyone from Jeremy Stoppelman, the CEO of Yelp is, down to our team of 300 people who wake up and think about restaurants. So Yelp's commitment to evolving and Yelp's partnership with restaurants as that industry evolved was the biggest sign to me that Yelp is on the right track and Yelp is committed to doing everything they can to help this industry.
0: It sounds great. And the reason I wanted to have you on the show is because it sounds great, but it's a message you've been putting out there for two plus years now. And it's hard. It's hard when you have this established business that people see in a very specific way. It's hard to influence the way they think about you or engage with them in a new way if they're unprepared to do so. And, you know, I think about legacy brands out there, restaurants that have been in their community two years, three years, five years. And, you know, that's just a casual spot. That's just a weekend brunch place. We only go there for dinner. And as the restaurant tries to evolve and change over time, there's pushback, right? There's this quote from Elon Musk where he said, I tried to change the world and the world resisted. And it really resonates with me because I think that as entrepreneurs, that's one of the big struggles that we have is our businesses should be able to evolve and the market should accept those changes if they are positive for both the business themselves and for the consumers they're trying to service. And here you are walking in to a brand that's almost two decades old, focused on a segment that is, one, a tough nut to crack generally, but certainly a tough nut to crack for Yelp specifically. What was your vision for the role? How did you intend to tell that story? If marketing is experience, then what kind of experience did you envision as you took over? Because I think it's also important to remember that Yelp didn't do much marketing, period prior to the pandemic, and you were the first person to assume this role in what was a very new sect of the company.
1: Yeah, important thing to call out. I was the first marketing hire at Yelp for Restaurants, obviously, but the bigger Yelp team has been doing marketing for some time and is doing a pretty damn good job at it, too. The right opportunity always starts with a challenge, right? There is nothing worth chasing that is easy to attain. And here at Yelp for Restaurants, I really saw two key reasons to join. One is that this team is absolutely focused on supporting and helping restaurants. And that's the first thing. The products you build, the services you offer, the people you hire, you've got to be able to, when you're thinking about joining an organization, whether it's a tech company like Yelp or whether it's a restaurant or whether it's a startup in any other different kind of industry, do you believe in the vision? And do you believe that the intent of the vision is real and right? So when I talk to the people at Yelp for Restaurants, I talk to people who love restaurants as much as I do. These people are the ones that go into a restaurant and look at how things run and are genuinely curious. That's the first thing, are the people there dedicated who are offering. The second thing is, could I realistically see us helping this group that we're trying to build and sell products to? Does this product actually support the industry? Most importantly, does this product support the future of the industry? And that's something I very much believe in. I very much believe that Yelp's dedication to growing and evolving ourselves is we're on the same path that restaurants are on. We've got to figure out the future just as much as restaurants do and having that partnership is key. I think the last thing that is incredibly important here is the opportunity is big. Restaurants have very strong opinions about Yelp. And I talk to tons of restaurateurs every single week and they usually fall somewhere on this spectrum. I am um, either absolutely loving Yelp and giving Yelp an, an immense amount of credit for their growth as a business or bringing them into the modern age of the Internet. Then you've got the newer restaurateurs. Yelp is kind of the way they grew up. Yelp is the way that they, when they found that their restaurant is within the last 20 years, they know Yelp as the restaurant marketplace. And then you've got the other side of the spectrum, which understandably, many restaurants have very strong negative opinions about Yelp. When we looked at the opportunity we had, it was to take this really strong segment we have on Yelp today, which is restaurants, and be able to help them run more parts of their business more efficiently. And the challenge was to earn the right, earn the trust of restaurants to be able to give them that opportunity.
0: I want to talk about the Yelp for Restaurants team when you first came in relative to today. I had written a question which said, you know, what did the Y4R team look like when you came in? But I can just tell everybody that's listening. It was small, very, very, very small. And I think that there was some temptation there, I'm sure, to stack the team, right, to just start hiring and hiring and hiring. But the reason that I want to talk about this is because I think as restaurateurs, I think once you get a little bit of money, there is this temptation to just hire, right? I don't want to do this. so I'm going to hire this person or that person or this person. But I've watched you hire slowly, intentionally, methodically. I've also seen you not only nurture, but retain talent. I saw a really good guy leave and then come back. So You've done an excellent job of building a team, which I think is a huge hurdle for any entrepreneur, but especially in the restaurant industry. I think we have a tendency to look at the wrong metrics when we're hiring people relative to our true needs. And you've done a really good job with that. When you looked to build the team. What qualities were you looking for? And what did that vetting process look like?
1: Yeah, I see myself as a business owner. And although I work for a big global brand and certainly don't own Yelp, it's my job to think intelligently about resources. And resources could be money you spend, tools you have, or people. And in this case, I've got to think with the people in mind. So anytime I join a team, anytime I'm thinking about hiring, my first thought is, what are the projects we need to work on? What are the jobs to be done? What do we need people's help with? At that stage, it's always too early to hire. Because at that stage, and especially here at Yelp for Restaurants, as I was building a marketing program from the ground up, remember when I joined, we didn't have a website. We didn't have right. a way to send emails. Josh, you were on board and the only thing we had going at that time. <laughs> so it couldn't start with, who do I need? It had to start with, what do we need to do? And if I could start to figure out, here's the five things that we need to go see if this works, then I can find ways to be scrappy myself. And I think it's really important to prove that things are not only working, but the right way to do things before you hire people, really for two reasons. One is spend resources wisely. I see a lot of people who just have a hunch, have a bet, this will work. So they go hire someone, they spend those resources to hire someone without really knowing if it'll work or not. The second is my superpower as a leader is that I desperately care about the people that I work with. My team's success has very little to do with me. My team's success has almost entirely to do with the talent and the joy that people have working on these big, scary, huge projects that they're working on. So if I'm not certain that what we're working on is the thing we're going to be working on for the long term, and I go hire someone only to realize three months later that it's not the right project, I'm letting that person go. And that's no one's fault but my own. Uh, So if I care about people, and if I care about the people that are going to join this team that will eventually leave my team, and then the people that will eventually replace them, because let's be realistic, that is the cycle of humans, then I need to know that what they're working on is something that I'm committed to so that they feel like I'm committed to them. So I hire slow because I need to figure out with what if I'm going to hire Josh to do this thing, I'm going to be committed to this. I'm going to believe that this will work, and I'll be able to give him the resources, the tools to be able to do this well. If I can't do that, it's irresponsible for me to hire. It's not a good thing to do as a person to bring someone into a situation where there's just as good of a chance that they'll fail than that they'll succeed. So big fan of proving it myself, meaning I might have to work a few extra hours to make sure that this thing is the right place to work on before I go bring someone in to take it up a level. And that's the expectation. If I can get it started, if I can prove that this is a good focus area, then I'm going to go find someone 10 times smarter than I am, 100 times more talented than I am, to take this from it's working to it's working incredibly well. And over time, you start to see where you've now got a talented team of people working on the highest of impact projects so that we actually have less to do because we're more focused with more people working on things and going deeper on them. So it's important to hire slow, but I think you're signing up, whether you're the owner of the restaurant or the manager of the team. In my case, you're going to be doing a lot of that early work. And I think that's important as a leader to be able to say, I was in your shoes. I did this work. I tried to see how this would work. And I got it to the point where it made sense to bring in someone smarter and more talented than I am. Two years after joining Yelp, it went from really me just trying to do marketing here to a team of incredibly talented people taking this work much deeper than I ever could.
0: Let's tug on that string about getting to know the audience. You know, as a restaurant owner and operator, you spend a lot of time behind closed doors with like your leadership team and the other owners trying to figure out what your customers want, trying to figure out what's going to make your employees happy, all of this. And it's largely ineffective because you're guessing. The only way to figure out what your customers really want is to talk to your customers. And the only way to figure out what your team really wants is to talk to your team. And from the earliest days of us working together, you had this real interest in talking with restaurateurs. And I want you to talk about that ideology and what that experience was like, mainly because I think that we could all benefit from getting to know our audience a lot better, not by ideating without them, but by conversing with them.
1: Yeah, I mean marketing is pretty simple. It's the story you tell and the way you deliver it. And the way you deliver it is something you can do as a marketer in a silo, but the story you tell has to be relevant to the people you're telling it to. And it can't be relevant unless you're actually getting that story from them. I believe marketing is about capturing the story from your audience and then spitting it back to them through these tactics and growth channels and marketing experiences that we create. Especially when you're selling or building tech products that are for very specific audiences. Relevance is more important than necessarily how the message is delivered. We are all experts at something. We're all experts at niche things. It might not be what we do for a living, but we all know a little something about something that someone else might not know as much as we do about. And anytime you watch a documentary or you watch a sitcom and I see them doing marketing on sitcom, or one of my hobbies is playing sand volleyball and you see those terrible sports scenes on TV shows, your first instinct is that's not what that is. That's so unrealistic. I'm out of this. I can't get bought in. I can't buy into this show because that's not happening in real life. It's the exact same way in marketing. If you were to see an ad serve to you and it's not relevant to you, if it doesn't make sense, your first reaction is, is absolutely not. I got to learn more about this. It's to either ignore it, skip it, or have an adverse reaction to it. Say they don't know me, so I don't know them. So the only way to get to this idea of great marketing the only way for us to make restaurants aware of Yelp for restaurants, of Yelp guest manager, of this new stuff that Yelp is offering, i mean, really within the last two years of our two decade history as a company, was to be able to tell it through the voices of restaurants, not just by talking to them and hearing the story, but also by partnering with them, by using them in our marketing. It's not just Yelp talking about restaurants to restaurants. We want to work with restaurants so we can have restaurants talk to each other, so we can build a community of this industry who's helping each other grow. Josh, we're on this podcast together, this full comp podcast, where the entire goal of this effort, this full comp podcast, is to share learnings with the rest of the industry. We've all kept it in our heads for so long, and you've created this incredible platform where you can listen to a podcast and learn from the biggest and brightest names that the industry's ever seen. That's what marketing is. And how you tell it, whether it's through a podcast, an email, a Facebook ad, or on your website has to be done in the voice of the people you're serving and in as many cases as possible through the voice of the people you're serving, because that's the only way you can be relevant. That's the only way you can focus on solving the problems they actually have instead of the problems you're assuming they have. And that's the only way that marketing works, in my opinion.
0: In in 2023, what mediums do you think are most effective when it comes to telling that story?
1: I think it's whatever mediums your customers are on. I think this is a conversation that people tend to go, well, it's the year of TikTok. Maybe if your customers are there, or oh, Instagram's dead, did your customers leave Instagram? <laughs> email is a great example. Email has been around for so long that it's just the thing we know now. It's basically mail. It's direct mail. I can't tell you how many marketers say email is dead, but lots of people still open and read emails. I truly think if you're focused on channels first, you're failing as a organization, as a marketing organization, as a brand, as a business owner. It is not about channel first. It's about the story I have to tell. And then it's a pretty simple equation. People are walking into your restaurant, ask 10 of them what social platforms they're on, where they get their information, where they find the next restaurant they're going to go to. That's your channel. Your channel is just where the customers are. And especially if you're thinking about digital advertising, they've all got pretty similar tools for building campaigns, for optimizing those campaigns. You are not missing something drastic if you're advertising on TikTok and not Instagram. You're simply not. They've all got the same tools. 10 out of 10 of your people say, I found you on TikTok or I'm on TikTok 14 hours a day when they walk into your restaurant. That's your channel, TikTok. If your audience doesn't tell you that they're using something actively to find what you offer or to connect with people who offer the services that you offer, that's not your channel. So that's the wrong question. The right question is, what should you say? Josh, if if you remember earlier in the conversation, I talked about my experience starting a marketing agency from the ground up. We had the pleasure of, in our first year, working with over 150 clients. And we really targeted these industries with digital marketing support. The biggest and earliest thing I saw was keyword strategy. Meaning that most small businesses target the keywords that are at the lowest possible purchase opportunity. You're probably really focused on your brand name's keyword, and you're really focused on the services you offer. And you're trying to win people who are searching for exactly that. The biggest success we saw with some of these small businesses that we've really brought to digital advertising was going up the funnel, going up the market. Meaning, Josh, you don't start shopping by something by typing directly the brand name or what they offer. You're searching restaurant that offers this near me. You're searching for best things to do on Mother's Day. It's often not even the topic, not even restaurants you're starting with. But most small businesses keep themselves limited to the conversation as it happens way later on in the search. So long-tail keywords, that's what digital marketers will tell you it's called. It's about starting before they get to your restaurant, starting before they're getting even to where you are placed in your market. Think about the four steps someone takes before they'll type in your cuisine or even your brand name. And those are the keywords you should be bidding on. If you can win earlier in the search, your opportunity to win a really competitive customer looking for an opportunity automatically skyrockets, automatically goes up. So think about your keyword strategy online. If you're doing any kind of paid search engine marketing or even organic marketing, telling your website that it should focus on these keywords, try the exercise of taking a few pages or building a few new ads or campaigns that takes that four steps up the search. Meaning what's the thing they search and then four steps later, they get to your restaurant or they get to your best dish or your cuisine type. If you're bidding there, then you're able to actually help them get to that lower part of the search faster and win them before competition gets great. There's a ton of burger restaurants. If they're searching burger restaurants, competition is incredibly high. If you can win Josh four searches before that, where he says things to do in Ann Arbor, Michigan, pretty good chance that you're going to beat him instead of having to compete against all these burger joints the second he searches. All right, got four things now, burger joints in Ann Arbor, Michigan.
0: Since we met, you've been preaching the power of maniacal focus when it comes to marketing. And in large part, that focus is going to determine exactly what you're talking about on whatever mediums you choose. That's how people are going to slot you, right? This business fits into my life in this way. And I choose them because of X, Y, and Z. But it's really easy to get distracted. It's really easy to look at your competitors in the market and say, oh, well, they're doing that. So I'll do that too. And then the next thing you know, uh, the singular marketing initiative is now 10 things done poorly. But how do you define maniacal focus from a marketer's perspective and how do you maintain it? Maniacal
1: focus for our team and and for me personally, is about two things. It's about what you say and it's about the number of projects you're taking on. So I think the first thing we got to remind ourselves that we're all humans. We have biases in our head. As much as I think everyone out there is thinking about Yelp for restaurants, no one out there is thinking about Yelp for restaurants. As much as you think... Everybody in your market's waking up and thinking about your restaurant. They are not. We are, because that's my job. That's what I do every day. So it's hard for us sometimes to step out of our own heads and realize that other people probably aren't thinking, noticing, caring as much about my brand, my product, my business as I am. And that's where maniacal focus on messaging comes into play. The biggest mistake most people make is that they change messaging too quickly, or they try and use 47 versions of messaging. If your restaurant is 47 things, it's not one thing. As little as people are thinking about your restaurant, you really have three to five seconds. When they happen to land on your website or land on your Yelp page, you got three to five seconds to tell them exactly who you are and what you do. And if somehow by miracle, they end up coming back to your website or Yelp page or seeing you on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or anywhere else, and you've got a completely different message, a completely different aspect of who you think they are, they're not connecting those dots. I think maniacal focus makes sense that if you've got your competitive advantage, your value that you offer your customers, and you know that that's it, commit to it. Say it over and over and over and over again. They're not gonna see you much. They're not gonna hear from you much. There's so much competition out there. So the rare times that they see you, hear from you, if it's the same thing, but it's great and it's relevant and it's from their voice, then that frequency is going to work for your business. I mean, that it might not be the most exciting thing, but if your restaurant has great fountain ice cubes, that's your competitive advantage. That's what you offer. That's the thing you do best. That's what people say they come back for. Don't tell them I got great ice cubes and the next time they see you talk about your burritos, keep telling them about these great ice cubes because that's the thing they're going to remember. So that's one. Maniacal focus is being okay to have a smaller set of winning messages and using them over and over and over again. The other thing about maniacal focus is if you're doing a hundred things, you're doing one thing and it's more important to be great at the projects you're choosing to focus on than being spread out wide. How that looks for us is there's a thousand marketing channels. I mean, we could be experimenting with marketing through partners. We could be experimenting with influencers. We could be experimenting with podcasts, with videos, with written articles, with events, with paid advertising with any number of things. But if you dip one toe in to a hundred things, one, you're not going to see the impact that you hope to make. Two, it's also going to limit the results of that experiment. If you dip your toe into an experiment, the likelihood that it succeeds and actually impacts your business is slim to none. It is a better tactical element to find three places where you should focus your energy on and be great at those three things and dedicate six months at a time to them to go prove that they either work great or don't work at all, and then move on to the next things.
0: You're two plus years into your role at Yelp for Restaurants. What are you most proud of accomplishing, and what do you hope to accomplish this year?
1: I think the thing I'm most proud of first is that we've created a team of marketers who really cares about restaurants. We've got the privilege of building a team from the ground up, and that means that I could go out and find people who aren't just great marketers, but absolutely love the industry. I think that's the thing I'm most proud of at Yelp for Restaurants. We've got 300 people on our team. If you talk to them about restaurants, it is all they want to talk about. You should see our Slack channel. All we're doing is, is sharing pictures of great meals we've had or this awesome restaurant we saw. I've got my list of favorites in San Francisco where I live and I can't help but talk about it to everyone at the organization. Now there's this Yelp for Restaurants function that is just 300 people. And all we give a shit about is restaurants. That is the only thing we wake up and think about. I'm really proud of that. I'm really proud of Yelp's commitment to that. The other thing I'm really proud of is this Yelp guest manager product, it's impossible to build new products, Josh. It is really, really hard to do. Just as hard as it is to introduce a new offering, introduce a new meal, or introduce a new dish at your restaurant, it is hard to start from scratch. You're basically trying to predict the future. You're trying to say, what will my customers possibly need a few years from now so I can start building it today and offer it to them then? And we made some big bets with this product called Yelp Guest Manager. We built one front of house system. That's a scary thing to do. You could build a ton of little tiny features and sell them to whoever will buy it. We made a bet that the future of this industry looks like diners looking more online, taking every opportunity they can to experience your hospitality before they show up. And we built that product. I'm pretty proud of that. The other thing I'm most proud of is we have built a marketing team that markets through restaurants. It is easy. For marketers to join, never talk to their customers, stand up a bunch of channels, have a decent message and just flood the market with ads and emails as much volume as possible. It is much harder to do the hard work of questioning your own perceptions, of questioning the reputation of your brand and what restaurants know about Yelp. It is much more difficult to then go find those audiences, convince them that you are on the right, even in the early days when you're not, convince them that the future looks bright, that your vision is accurate, you're going to work really, really hard to get there, and then to get those people to buy in. Josh, I think about you. There's no reason for you to work with Yelp when you started working with Yelp. Today, I hope that's a different story. Today, I hope you hear the passion in our voices for helping restaurants and we've been able to get people like you, Josh, like Sean Walchaff, like others, to participate in helping us build this thing. What I'm probably most proud of is that Yelp for Restaurants is not just a team at Yelp building products for restaurants. Today, two years after I have joined, Yelp for Restaurants is a team of people inside of Yelp who love restaurants and who have been hired because they love restaurants, and a team of actual restaurant owners, operators, people partnering with us, talking to us, joining our team meetings, helping us build these products so that we're putting our money where our mouth is. We are truly Yelp. In this case, the last two words matter. We are for restaurants. And two years later, I can see that we have built an organization, a set of products and a group of partners who are those last two words, who are for and on the side of restaurants. And that is a huge shift that we had to make from just bringing Yelp employees over into this new startup called Yelp for Restaurants to creating this organizational culture that asks, do you love restaurants first? Are you ready to do the really hard work of developing a new company, a new brand inside of Yelp for them? And then convincing people like yourself, Josh, that we are valuable partners, that we believe and are honest about our mission, that we're transparent, what we're hoping to accomplish and get people like you on our side. Today, when we talk to restaurants, not only are they slightly more aware that there's a new team called Yelp for Restaurants, and we've built new products, but they're supportive. They want us to win because if we win, restaurants get to take more advantage of this giant Yelp network and marketplace of diners looking for them. I think that's what I'm most proud of. Two years of hard work went into getting the industry to buy in. We've got a long way to go, Josh, a long way to go. Two years does not change 20 years, that's for sure. But if I was to look at the team today, we've got more restaurateurs, restaurant operators, former restaurant operators, and people whose families built and owned and opened restaurants. They worked at them as children. That is what our team looks like now. And that's why I believe in us. I believe that we are going to solve and help restaurants solve big problems because now we are made up of restaurateurs.
0: That's Matt McAllister. For more information on Yelp for Restaurants, visit restaurants.yelp.com. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Copel. You've been listening to Full Comp.